Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz, and here we are finally now for the Real Thing Conference play uh, as this Mustangs group tries to take a step that hasn't been taken in a really long time of reaching a conference championship game and then doing something that hasn't been done for an even longer time and winning a conference championship it all starts Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. at Ford Stadium as American Athletic Conference newcomer Charlotte comes to town. Uh, Charlotte is a really, really interesting team, I think, uh, coming into this one. Um, obviously, <coughs> their first-year head coach, Biff Pogge, uh made an impression at Conference Media Days. Uh, Charlotte was picked to finish last in the conference, he only got, I believe, three questions uh, during his time at the podium. Uh, said he was pretty sure that sent the message uh, to him and his group that he needed, banged the podium, and walked off. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really think much of Charlotte coming into the season, uh, but they actually might be one of the more interesting and maybe even one of the tougher matchups for this Mustangs team early in the conference schedule with ECU seemingly having a pretty big drop-off from last year and Temple maybe not taking as much of a step forward this year as some people thought they might. Uh, you have a team that just absolutely um, went full force in the transfer portal, tried to overhaul uh, their roster uh, with Coach uh, Biff Pogge, who is... Uh, rooted in Maryland high school football uh, and then has been had been the Michigan associate head coach the last two seasons uh, before taking this job this past offseason. He has added 29 players who played at St. Francis, where he was the head coach most recently uh, from 2017 to 2020, I believe. Um, and these aren't just guys, I mean, these are these are four- and five-star guys. I mean, one of them in a defensive uh, end whose name I am going to absolutely butcher. I apologize. Yabi Okianoma. Um, I mean, he was the number one recruit in the state of Maryland. He was the number one edge uh, in the country and, like, the number three overall recruit in the country uh, coming out of St. Francis High School uh, out in Maryland. Uh, he spent time at both Alabama and Michigan. Um, you've then got a bunch of four stars uh, that played for him in high school. That includes uh, former number one overall pick, uh, Jadavian Clowney's cousin, uh, who's a defensive lineman. Um, they got a former four-star cornerback uh, transfer from UNC who's from North Carolina, uh, got him to stay home. Uh, their quarterback, uh, one of their quarterbacks 
is uh, Jalen Jones, who was a four-star coming out of high school, uh, I believe committed, signed, maybe even enrolled in Florida. Don't believe he ever played there before going to uh, Jackson State and Bethune-Cookman and is now with Charlotte. Um, It's a really interesting, uh, like my story I posted today, it's a really interesting roster makeup. Um, You know, went with a ton of guys that he knew that played for him, um, added a couple other uh, Michigan guys, added a couple other guys from that area, uh, that Maryland high school kind of circle. Um, so, you know, this, this team is an interesting team with some maybe surprise talent on it. Um, you know, they led Maryland, uh, at halftime before losing 38 to 20. Uh, they kind of got, uh, taken apart a little bit in the second half there, but you know, at halftime of that game, they're up 14 to nine, um, before before that one kind of turned around on them. Um, you know, they played at the Swamp last week at Florida, only lost 22-7, to only gave up one touchdown. Uh, Florida got a touchdown early in the game and then had to settle for five field goals the rest of the way. Um, late in the first half, Charlotte pulled within 16-7, to but just... Their offense wasn't able to get much going, and I think that's going to have to be the focus uh, for the Mustangs this week. Uh, but, you know, in in Jones, they've got a quarterback who is a dual threat, um, can certainly use his legs. Um, both Coach Simons and Coach Lashley talked about his pass game improving, though. Um, Trexler Ivy is their other quarterback they like to use. Um, and honestly, if Jones continues to throw the ball the way he is right now, that might shift a little bit. Um, but he's kind of the more traditional, uh, drop back pocket passer kind of quarterback for them. Uh, Jones is also right now their leading rusher. Um, their next two leading rushers are, uh, St. Francis guys from the last couple years. Um, you know, they hit that that section pretty hard um but it's an interesting it's an interesting team all the way around they aren't flashy um but their defensive line is going to be solid uh you know they've got two quality ends they've got massive size in the middle um their defense has a pick six on the season um so it's it's definitely a defense that I think you have to respect coming into this game. And I think that that's maybe the one thing that you uh, could possibly worry about as an SMU fan uh, coming off the last two FBS games uh, where the offense just kind of seemed to look a little adrift uh, and certainly struggled to score at Oklahoma and at TCU. Now, this defense has good players. Oklahoma's defense and TCU's defense had 11 really good players out on the field pretty much every single snap uh, being able to rotate. Uh, That's not necessarily going to be the case with Charlotte. Uh, They are going to have uh, 
some weak spots, they are going to have some drop-off when those big names uh, and big recruits have to come out of the game to catch their breath uh, or anything like that. And that is certainly an area SMU can take advantage of and utilize its depth uh, against that. Um, but like I said, I mean, you're looking at uh, kind of the first uh, of the last little bit here uh, as SMU is set to depart the American Athletic Conference at the end of the season. Um, that could put a little bit more of a target on SMU's back um, than they maybe already had as being a team uh, predicted to finish in the top of the conference and compete for a conference championship. Um, you know, that'd be certainly a big way for Charlotte to introduce themselves into the conference as they play their first conference game uh, as a member of the AAC. Uh, so there's a little bit of that to it. Um, whether or not uh, Charlotte looks at it that way, uh, who knows. Uh, but a little extra motivation uh, certainly never hurt anyone. Um, let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this matchup and uh, kind of what SMU needs to do this week to move to 1-0 in conference play. You are listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. We are talking conference opener against Charlotte. We are talking now getting into this SMU offense that I know has uh, quite a few people on pins and needles uh, there were maybe some overreactions after the TCU game that maybe some people have cooled down. There were some, I think, justifiable reactions after the TCU game uh, that are still pretty big questions in people's minds. Uh, a couple of notes that were made, um, I think as much improvement as SMU has made to its roster in the last couple of years uh, and the strides they are making uh, through the transfer portal and uh, in their high school recruiting classes, uh, you do still have to remember that, um, you know, teams like TCU, they've been uh, recruiting as a power five for over a decade. Uh, you know, they were recruiting this offseason as a team uh, that made it to the national championship game. Uh, you can't discount some of those things that make your roster better. And honestly, our places, SMU, hopes uh, it gets its roster too and uh, can do with this new uh, little bit of a lifeline that the ACC has given. So I think sometimes you just play teams that are better than you, uh, and those teams can sometimes make you look bad in certain ways. Those teams can exploit some weaknesses in certain ways. Um, and I think that's most of what happened. Uh, you know, we heard from Coach Lashley on Wednesday talk about the uh, – two drives that as a play caller he would like back. Um, 
he wanted uh, the drive where SMU was backed up against its own goal line. Kamar ran twice for a total of nine yards. They then tried to uh, hit R.J. Maryland. Uh, that didn't work, got thrown away. Uh, they punt instead of possibly running for the first down uh, and keeping that drive going. That gives TCU a short field and their first touchdown as they take a lead they don't give back. Uh, the other one was the first drive of the second half. Um, TCU had taken a long drive, gotten a field goal. SMU got the ball through three straight passes uh, and had to punt in about 35, 36 seconds of game time. Um, TCU had another long drive right after that. It was only a field goal, but again, they had taken up a ton of time in the third quarter and uh, put up a couple points while holding SMU to none. Uh, the two plays he would have liked back were both on the first drive. Um, SMU was just inside TCU's uh, on TCU's side of the field. I think it was the 49, actually. And uh, there was a read-pass option. Uh, Preston stuck with the run play, uh, but R.J. Maryland looked to be open for a pretty, pretty big gain on that one. Lashley said maybe even a touchdown. Um, and the other was the last uh, play of that first offensive drive, uh, where even though it looked like TCU had the defenders there for it, he still wanted that ball handed off uh, to pick up that short third and one first down uh, and go again. He said he liked the read if you're on maybe first or second down, uh, but on third and certainly third and one, and then even more so third and one that close to the goal, uh, just stick with the run. Uh, try and, and pound it and get that one yard. Um, so kind of interesting. Lashley hasn't been afraid to put some of these things on himself. That's the most that he's ever kind of gone into detail about it. Um, and also, while not certainly not pinning the loss on Preston or blaming Preston or anything like that, but the two plays that he thinks uh, they should have done better on were Preston uh, decisions. And one time uh, he... Stuck with the run play when maybe he should have pulled the ball back and thrown it. One time he pulled the ball back and threw it when maybe he should have stuck with the run play. Um, and I'm sure those are, you know, if if Lashley's talking to the media about those, I'm sure that those have been talked about and run through and, and everything else uh, with the offense and with Preston. Um, and, again, that kind of goes back to, like I was saying, good defenses force – you into those kind of decisions, force you into those kind of mistakes. Um, and I don't know that SMU will face a defense that is top to bottom as good as TCU's the rest of the way. Um, that being said, certainly if this offense struggles on Saturday, even though Charlotte does have a good defense and certainly has quality defensive players, I think you can start being worried if um, – if those offensive struggles really do carry over into conference play, um, I think the defense is going to be huge on Saturday. Uh, that's probably the weakness of uh, this Charlotte team. I mean, you look at the Maryland game, they just couldn't put up points in the second half uh, after leading at halftime. And then certainly the Florida game, you know, the defense uh, holding them to one touchdown and five field goals. But again, the offense only able to manage one touchdown there. Uh, in some what kind of turned out to be lopsided losses a little bit. Um, so what the SMU defense needs to do uh, is really what it's been doing 
throughout the season and just be tough, be physical. Uh, they will probably have to tackle a little bit better. Um, I don't know if you will maybe see Coach Simons go more base uh, after thinking that maybe he missed some calls on the defensive side of things last week, um, or if this is the type of game to say, hey, let's let's really take it to him a little bit. But this is an offense the SMU defense should be able to keep in check, uh, and I think that's going to be a key. Uh, another key, I think this might be the game that the, the defense has to get that turnover, or maybe even two, um, whether it's to change momentum, whether it's uh, to stop a drive, whether just whatever it is. I think this might be the game where you say, you know, at least a turnover, force a turnover for us at some point. Um, to get, you know, like a two-for-one score or anything along those lines. Um, I think that would be kind of that step forward the defense maybe needs to take in conference play after having a really strong non-conference showing um, is to, to get those turnovers because you look at it, uh, Corey Roberson had the pick six in week one. You had the block field goal return for a touchdown in week three, but that's really it. Uh, as far as turnovers really go. Now, both of them went for touchdowns, but there have only been two of them. But, I mean, I do really think that if you just see a more consistent offense, if you just see maybe a little bit better decision-making, um, a little bit more consistency from this offense, and then that finishing touch of putting the ball in the end zone against a team uh, that has kind of been able to bend but not break and force field goals, that's that's going to be pretty big. Uh, and then on the defensive side, uh, you know, they've got to contain Jones uh, when he's in the game. They've got to pressure Ivy when he's in the game um, and just kind of not let that offense get rolling because I don't think it really has this season and you don't want them to have that opportunity this week. Um, you know, I think uh, this is certainly a more interesting game than I thought it would be. Uh, when the schedule was released, I really like uh, what Charlotte has done with its roster of saying, hey, we're going to go out and get a bunch of guys that played for me in high school uh, that were really good players, uh, and then just a bunch of other guys that played for me in high school that uh, we can put around them and, and see what we can do uh, in year one out here. Uh, it should be an interesting game. should be a fun game. Um, I believe the line is still sitting, uh, at SMU by about 23 and a half. Uh, you know, that's probably about right. Three touchdowns and a field goal. Uh, SMU probably should be three touchdowns and a field goal better than this team. Um, but we'll see. The offense has to show you that it can score. Uh, the defense has to continue to, uh, show us some better, uh, tackling fundamentals, uh, the defense has to get some turnovers going. Um, but, hey, no uh, no better time to get that ball rolling than the first conference game of the season. Uh, so let's see. This is what it's about. Yes, going to Oklahoma and beating them would have been great. Everybody, everybody affiliated with SMU wanted to go to TCU and win the third straight game in Fort Worth. Neither of those happened. Put them behind you. Now it's all about conference play, all about making that conference championship game, all about winning that conference championship game. 
uh, and all of that is still in front of this team. Uh, so let's see what they do with uh, this next opportunity. That is, again, Saturday night. It is SMU Family Weekend, 6.30 from Ford Stadium. Of course, we will have the live chat going during the game. Uh, hop on. Uh, I will get that post a little early. We can talk a little predictions, uh, get a little pregame info going, and then get right into the action. Plenty of things to read on Pony Stampede right now. Feature on Kamar Wheaton. Uh, feature on defensive end Isaiah Samuel, or excuse me, Isaiah Smith, who is from up in that area, um, and uh, his school, while they didn't play, is kind of a rival of St. Francis. Uh, so he had some interesting thoughts to share. Um, as I've been doing this year, you've got the full transcripts uh, from Coach Lashley, Coach Simons, and Coach Woods talking to the media. Um, and then, uh, obviously, your game uh, previews and just kind of your uh, game note sort of situation. The depth charts posted, all of that good stuff on PonyStampede.com. Stick with us. Uh, I will have something for you guys on the podcast after the game. Um, so make sure you are subscribed to get notified about new episodes when they drop, as they drop, so you can join in and listen right away. Uh, again, thanks for joining. We'll be here next time. This is the Pony Stampede Podcast.